Hey there, this is Jonathan, and I want to welcome you to episode 7 of the Broke Down Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you've been with us before, thanks for coming back. We're going to do things a little bit differently this time, but uh, before we get into all of that, let's talk about some news and some things that are happening out there. The Grateful Dead are releasing a boxed set of the July 12th and 13th, 1989 shows from RFK Stadium. You know, they showed the 12th at the meetup at the movies on Jerry's birthday, and it was I went to that. I talked about it on the last episode. It was pretty rad. Um, so now they're putting out those two shows on compact disc, and there will be digital downloads. No announcement yet, but I'm really hoping they put out maybe one of them on vinyl, but that's just me. Uh, the CD set will be out November 10th, and of course you can order it now. Speaking of vinyl, they are reissuing a series of 7 inches, and it's all of the band's original 7 inch releases remastered, repressed, new cover art, etc., etc. And that started this year. You can still pick up, I think, the two previous releases that came out earlier this year, and the third one is just coming out is Dark Star, backed with Born Cross-Eyed, and some really cool cover art on that. So you can pick up all that stuff from Deadnet. Um, those are pretty rad. They sound good. Um, interesting to great cover art, especially on the Dark Star, though. Phil's got some shows coming up. He's got, of course, uh, regular pop-ins and things at Terrapin Crossroads. He's also got a show at Sound Summit with Phil. It's Phil and Friends with Bob Weir and Jim James. Um, That's in Marin. And then uh, there are some shows in October with Nikki Bloom and Robert Randolph. Um, I think Jason Crosby is going to be popping in on at least one of those. And they're playing D.C., Asbury Park, Camden, and uh, Capitol Theater, Portchester for Halloween. And then I believe he's also announced some shows in Hawaii for a bit of a New Year's run, which is kind of cool. I have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, those are Phil and Friends shows, the, the Hawaii gigs. And then, you know, I spoke uh, in recent episodes about Phil and Bobby both being at Lock and both apart and together. And, I mean, that, that festival, in the end, it turns out that thing was just riddled with Grateful Dead from those scheduled performances to uh, the sit-ins with various artists like Mo and the Avid Brothers, then J-Rad's set, and then where Bobby's at in with them. And, of course, there's artists like Keller Williams who performed that is now traditional uh, Sunday morning Grateful Gospel set. Uh, there was just Grateful Dead all day long, and um, that's a pretty wonderful thing. Also of interest, O'Teal Burbage and Friends. There's an album coming out and a tour. Uh, that has familiar faces on the tour. He's in his band. He's got uh, John Kay, Melvin Seals, Jay Lane, you know, from Rat Dog and Primus, Eric Krasno, Soul Live, and more. Uh, they've got some backing vocalists, and it's a pretty good-looking lineup, and I think it's going to be a pretty great tour. They're already sell- selling out some dates, they're playing in Philly and Charleston, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Asheville, Charlotte, and Raleigh. So, wow, Carolina's got a lot of love on that one. Um, those shows are probably going to be very good. That's a hell of a band. So if it's coming anywhere near you, look for it. And, of course, his album is called Water in the Desert, and it's got his brother Kofi and some other cats joining in. And these are songs that he's been working on for... Uh, quite a few years, so I'm looking forward to hearing that. 
All right, so let's get down into this episode. This is, as I mentioned, a little bit different. We've got a guest. I've known this guy for over 20 years, and our friendship was forged in tape trading and a common love for fish and Grateful Dead. And we uh, got together just the other night at his house to talk about Grateful Dead and play you some music. So without any further fussing about, we're going to go ahead and play you that interview, and I hope you enjoy Okay, so I'm here at the home of my good friend Andy, and Andy, uh, thank you for having me down uh, to talk about some Grateful Dead. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Super excited. Yeah, so before we jump too far in, you know, when we met, one of the key things was trading tapes, and we were in a history of jazz class together, and... Uh, I think you had a fish shirt on, or a dead shirt, something... We one both of, had one of the shirts on. Exactly. Yeah. Like just like today, right? Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> Pretty much. And um, <laughs> uh, so, why don't you, real quick, why don't you tell us a bit about how you got into Grateful Dead and uh, cool what it means? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, my first exposure, probably like yourself, was uh, Touch of Grey in 1987. I was 12, and it was playing on MTV like ad nauseum. Oh yeah. Which is great because it's. 1980s it's not a hair band um those were cool too though yeah they were great they were you great. Know, when you're 12 yeah gnr man <laughs> um <laughs> but like i remember there was a stigma about just their name in general and my my parents came from that generation but they are also like the other side squares. if you will quite the squares it's mine too yeah so to them their grateful dead was like oh it's devil you know like I wish they were dead. I don't know if your parents ever said that. No, that, not that, that singer. But my mom once said, "You're not going to be a deadhead, are you?" Yeah, yeah, real comedians. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. So Sorry, when mom. when I saw that video, I was like, "These, this is not what I was expecting. Is it's not the music I was expecting for the a name like this? It's not the the uh, what they like, what they look like. That this is not what I was expecting Grateful Dead to be like. Um, right." I was expecting, like, I guess, Kiss or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it, it, it has a kind of an ominous sound to it, but, um, yeah. It, it, but it was it was great. Like, I, I that was my first exposure. And then uh, a couple years later, a buddy of mine, Toad, shout out to Toad. What's up, Toad? Um, gave me a tape with Oxamoxa and American Beauty, one on each side, and one of those Maxell 90-minute tapes or whatever. Good start. It's a great start. Uh, Oxamoxa was my was my jam, man. Uh, Rosemary was unfortunately a little too short for me, but it was my favorite. It was actually my favorite <laughs> song on that record at that time, I, which is a weird one. I don't know who has ever said Rosemary was too short. I, I, I that song could go on forever, as far as I. If, if they had more lyrics, and it, I'm, I'm kind of like looking back at it now, I'm glad it's only a minute long or whatever, because <laughs> it is kind of per, like a perfect little like niche of. Uh, uh, like I don't know, Serenity or something. It's, it's I, a really I great like space to occupy. Uh, totally between yeah. like doing that rag and whatever's going on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, you know, went to a couple, went to some shows. Uh, not as much as I had liked, and these uh, things happen. Yeah, these things happen. Got uh again from Toad. I got my first four tapes. Uh, Barton Hall, Red Rock seventy eight, nice. Vanita, yes. and uh, two fourteen seventy. It's a good starter kit. It's a great starter kit, and um, they all sounded amazing. Uh, especially, I, I remember the 
the Barton and the Red Rocks were super crispy. Oh. Um, well, that was the you know that was the time frame. So we got into it about the same time. So yeah, that was the time frame when we were getting the beautiful Betty Betty boards. boards. Totally. We didn't know how sweet that was. We just knew they were good tapes. They were great tapes. Yeah, we started. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember. Um, did, did you ever put the 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 gin on your tapes? Like second gen. Oh third yeah, gen. of course. Like, like when when I knew it, it was definitely on there. Right. I mean, I guess that mattered. It did. Well, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it does. But I, I mean, not looking at it back at it now, it's like they have you know the vaults, reels, whatever. Um, but yeah, if you had a if you had a eighth gen tape, man, it might be super hissy and not so not so good well you know we make our decision as to what to tape off people based on that right, <laughs> right, you know? right. it's like uh right how's your uh 2973 show you just got right you know and i guess i was the first one in our group to get that and mm-hmm. uh and you're like well i don't know it says it's third gen yeah uh second from the dat master from the <laughs> not the master but you know the dats from the real that from, from the real yeah and, and uh, uh you got it you have to play it in real time because if you do high speed dubbing the yeah, sound's yeah. gonna suffer for it it's gonna... exactly so anyways we did a lot of that <laughs> right. and um and so 25 years later mm-hmm. here we are here we are like that. yeah yeah um and and so listen to a lot of grateful dead seeing some shows studying the music where do you fall? What is your preferred or favorite era or eras? Um, early, uh, seventy four and before. Okay. Uh, really, right now. I mean, honestly, seventy two to seventy four. Billy years, seventy one to seventy four. But like seventy one is a kind of an anomaly in some respects. Yeah, it's um, a little different from. It's rocky. Yeah, yeah, it's super. It's like that's they're a rock band and. I like nothing against Mickey at all. Mickey's great. Love Mickey. But there's a different dynamic when you just have a single drummer. Right. And everybody else was just playing differently in that time frame. Right. So right. it's not just attributable to the single drummer. Right. Everybody else is doing something a little different than what they were doing later or right. earlier. And, and, of course, having Keith Gottschall can't be overstated how much impact he had when he joined the band. Right. Um, he... Uh, he allows all the other players to to branch out and explore more because he's holding something down that wasn't there before. As much as I love Pigpen, he's not a keyboard player. He's not a piano player. He's right. not a, a he can play. He, he comped on the he organ comped, stuff. but he's not he's not throwing out ideas that they can play off of and expand on. It's not what they, you know, why they brought him into the band. No, exactly, so. exactly. So I, I feel that with Keith, um, it allowed Jerry to not have to be the rhythm player that he was previous in a lot of respects. I mean, Bobby is said to be the rhythm guitarist, but Bobby is not a rhythm guitar player in any conventional sense. <laughs> right. In a rock idiom. He's not doing a ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. He's playing weird arpeggiated chords and scratchies and and whatever 10 fret stretches totally totally um and phil is certainly not a a conventional bass player he's not holding down any kind of bottom in any conventional sense feels more like a one-man horn section with right right (laughs) doing it through the bass yes or a foil a direct foil for jerry for sure for sure he and and that's what makes 
this what we're going to talk about today very special to me like 1972 as a whole is arguably their best year um it's certainly in the conversation of course it is um i mean it's flat out top to bottom amazing like they 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 constantly grow they introduce a, a shit ton of new songs and even though like the ones from the year before they expand on all those in a, in a way that they hadn't done before and also leaving behind you know the pig pen years so uh, talk to me about the uh the new songs we were talking about this before we started recording but um there were a lot of new songs in the the year and a half so tons i'll go ahead and spoil it for everybody we're going to focus the music that we play in this episode on september of 1972 we're going to talk broadly about 72 as well. And so with that in mind, Andy, you did some digging, kind of thinking about the year, thinking about what got us to where we are, where we're going to focus. And you were telling me some numbers about the songs that they, the material they brought in prior to this point. Right. Okay. So here's some stats. Everyone loves Deadheads love the stats, right? We love oh, the stats, right? Like numbers. We're like yeah. baseball fans. Inside baseball, for yeah. sure. Okay. <clears throat> so 1971. Uh, 218, 71. They introduced five songs. Um, then for the next six to eight months, they introduced six more songs. And then um, on 1019, with the advent of Keith being in the band, they introduced six more songs after that. Now, does this include covers? No, this is not covers. It's all, all originals. Just originals. Just originals. Okay. Right. And then from uh, uh, that that day, 101971, from that through the uh, rest of 1972, uh, seven more songs. It's 24 originals in a span of like 18 months or right. something and, like that. And of those in 72, I think that four or five of them are right before the very beginning of the Europe tour. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there was um, Stella Blue and... Uh, something else came out right after that right in the summer so and then um also that summer kind of worth noting is uh, birdsong came back so right birdsong debuted in what 71 71 right and then it kind of went away it was very it was simple short uh, right. like the record like the record totally and then they brought it back that in summer of 72 i think beginning of august something like that yeah yeah and um well it was it was changed it was changed I, I, again. I, I, Keith Godshaw is the culprit for all this, I believe. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they they all are. I, I believe, but he, you could tell that Jerry, especially, really loved playing with Keith. Obviously, because he had Keith in his band for years as well. Right. Not just with the Dead, but you know, JGB. So, um, I think that it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to overstate it too much, but it it, it really is kind of it, it, important to me uh, personally, like just hearing how they play together and now they can expand so much further because they have this guy that can allows them to do so. And so they're going to take the opportunity and, it, and it, thank God he did. Thank God they did because it pushed them to new, you know, to grow. Right. And beautifully so. So, um, let's give everybody a little bit of context where time-wise what we're talking about and so we're going to talk about September 72 mm-hmm. but everybody knows of course Europe 72 right and 
summer 72 uh, just kind of picks up where Europe leaves off. They're, you know, Europe, they're playing like epic, huge dark stars and other ones and just cautions and and good caution uh, rears its head. But they're playing long first sets with good, a lot of great songs. Right. Um, Rock and roll songs and some jams and some China Riders and uh, China Riders, Jack Straws, Cumberlands, playing into bands. Into bands. Really grows. They play that uh, run in Berkeley in August, though. And so they come back and they pick up shows in July and they play that run in August at Berkeley uh, Community Theater. All right. Which would be a like defining moment for the band and arguably it could be. But then right after that, they go to. Uh, Venita, Oregon, the uh, Creamery Benefit. Everybody knows the field trip, and it's it's my favorite show. Mine too. Um, and they top to bottom, completely slay. Um, everything's a good version. And uh, he's I, gone's kind of suspect. But. <laughs> Come on now. Look, you're my guest. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll let my lady. It's still. Played great. So, in fact, uh, just yesterday, David Lemieux. So, we're recording this on September first. So, I think it was yesterday. David Lemieux writes that uh, the band had a, a hold, if you will, if you're familiar with the uh, concert booking industry. But they had a tentative date scheduled for eight thirty one seventy two at the Harding Theater in San Francisco, uh, and they canceled that booking. As he put it, because they dropped the mic at Venita, <laughs> which I mean, how can we top this? I don't know how accurate that is. Maybe, <laughs> right, right. maybe he's embellishing. Yeah. Maybe it's just maybe a little hyperbolic. Like, yeah, yeah, but um, he, they really do drop the mic there. They, they just, really do. They lay lay a thing down, and then they take like a week off. You know what's funny? Uh, speaking of Venita. My so that that first tape that I got um, ends at uh, it w- it was like Birdsong through Sing Me Back Home I believe oh right right yeah did you have that tape too so um, like the the last three or four songs of the show like I didn't even know existed for like the first like five years of being a dead man or something so when like I that. first got that show I had the f- I had three sets that ended at Sing Me Back Home. I did not realize there was a Casey Jones, Sugar Mag. One More Saturday uh, Night. One More Saturday Night. (laughs) You know. I didn't either. I got, it said Sugar Mag, then Casey Jones. But anyway, I did not know that those were on there for years. And then finally got the whole thing. I still don't listen to them that much. They're great. But my load is spent after Sing Me Back Home a lot of times. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> but it is so. Like it's. Oh, I, I'm emotionally um, done. I'm spent by then. I might, depending on the moment. Right. I, I I have a habit of playing that show when I'm working outside on my house on a really hot day. Right. If it's just really hot, it just it seems like the right day to play it. And then of course I'll I'll just let it play. Right. We'll right. get there. Right. But I I've been known to sit and just hold a wet paintbrush during seeing me back home. And until uh, somebody says, "Hey, man, paint's drying." <laughs> like, Shut up. What are you doing, watching paint dry? No, I got something <laughs> no, in my eye. No, yeah, I got a little splatter paint. It's clear. <laughs> <laughs> so after Vanita, 
they um, they take a few days off, and then they go down or out to one show in Colorado on nine three. Right. And then uh, they head to Hollywood, play two shows at the Palladium. Where one of those has David Crosby sitting in, and there's some good good stuff at those shows. You know, I um in the Deadhead Sabers Compendium, they talk about nine ten being like a uh, like a spiritual sibling of Vanita. I I read somewhere. I, I think it might have been on Deadnet. Somebody wrote about that show that. When they started playing Dark Star, people just lay down on the uh, the floor, the beer-soaked, dirty floor. <laughs> to it's a good Dark Star. It's it's really good. It's interesting too. It's kind of unique. It's got David Crosby playing strumming guitar on it. Right. Um, we'll have to go on Twitter and ask David about it. I've uh, I've also liked how um, there's a lot of Keith and Ro- doing Fender Rhodes right. in, in this uh, this fall run. Yeah, that's a that's a cool sound. Um, rare for him. He, you know, he was such a piano, not snob, but I mean, he was a purist <laughs> in, in, in a lot of respects. He didn't really go for the electric sound, but it's, it's really nice to hear. So then they they trek across the country and they play Boston. They play two nights in Boston. And the second one has um, uh, Ned Lagan sits in on uh, like a Wurlitzer electric piano with a hook through a Wawa pedal. Mm-hmm. For the Dark Star and Broke Down Palace, which is you need a Wawa pedal for Broke Down Palace. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they head down to Baltimore, uh, then uh, back up to Jersey City, Roosevelt Stadium. And um, I'm just gonna give everybody yeah, speak yeah. through this a little bit. Sure. But you know, it's funny as as great as you say these are, and they are great. I'm not disputing you, but I find it interesting that the set list there's. Not all. It feels like there should be more songs, but they're playing a lot of the same stuff. They probably have about three shows worth of songs that they're really just mixing through, churning through in each night. Right. Oh, and I wonder if some of that is just because it is still kind of the honeymoon period with having Keith and Donna, and and or they're just like stoked to play it. And and like you know, we're gonna play Birdsong tonight. We played last night. I don't give a shit. It's gonna sound great. But also, they're um, you know, this is. Pigpen is not with it's them. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. No show. Like, there's... They've, they've had to, like, shift their showstoppers. Right. That's you well know. put. Yeah. Because that's, that's the real math of playing a rock concert, you know, and now they don't have, you know, a Pigpen break. Right. But that allows Plan to be 25 minutes long. Right. That and allows these... Birdsong to be 15 minutes long. That allows, like, the other one... That, truck another one to be like 30 minutes long and or i mean dark star was always long so and the dark well but dark stars get really long and they're different from when they were long in the 60s for sure because 60s dark stars tend to roll along a few different themes and stay within you know or even 70 like yeah, like 213 70 like well 213.70s. that one doesn't yeah yeah that one <laughs> breaks down to complete silence but. right <laughs> but the '60s dark stars largely are very—I don't want to say predictable—but you you're going to hear similar themes throughout. For These sure. '72 dark stars, you definitely they revisit themes, but they are broadly exploring and improvising as well. For sure. And at great length. So these things run from 20 to 35, to 40 minutes almost. Yeah. Um, the playing of the bands run from. 
26 to, or from 16 to 26 minutes, and the bird songs run anywhere from a dozen to 17 minutes, and right, and they're all quality. But then they have you have all the rockers. You have your uh, Big Railroad Blues, your Black Throated Wind, your Cumberland, your Big River El Paso. El Paso. I loved really the El Pasos during this era, by the way. Yes, I <laughs> Billy Kreutzman. <laughs> Billy Kreutzman is MVP for the for the El Paso. El Paso, all right. I, I can't. Interesting <laughs> note. <laughs> it, it's it's funny. Yeah, yeah, man. The El Pasos in '72, man, they fucking rocked. <laughs> you know, but it's it's true. The El Paso's in '72, fucking rocked. And um, yep. I, I I don't know if it's it's because they're still um, is if it's a remnant of being the bar band, possibly it being the rock being like the rock band from '71. And and still having a little bit of that, and, and still just having a one drummer, having a having the one drummer makes it so that you can pull that shit off easier than having a drummer and a you know a percussionist, quote unquote, or you know what I'm saying, or like, two drummers, or two drummers, like you you have one dude that's doing these hits, yeah, especially like the one <clears throat> the one in uh, Dick's Picks Eleven, uh, yeah. which is my favorite El Paso. Market. That's my favorite El Paso. Dick, Dick's picks eleven because Billy does this uh, uh, this accented. Um, he accents on this on the snare after the uh, deep burning pain in my side verse, and as he's doing that, Keith does his descending run on the piano, and they just kind of hit at the right moment, and it's great. Like ding 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 ding. Yeah, ding it's bam. pretty great. I yeah, can hear it, it right here. It, so. It's rad. I, I I I'll listen to it all the time. Yeah. Um, I will too, especially because uh, there's one in Veneta. Right, right. <laughs> Which uh, you know, I I know that like Jerry was like teasing the dark, the morning dew. I wouldn't say he was teasing it. I would say he was headed there. He was headed there, yes. But Bobby strums out in front of him, and I kind of I kind of liked it. But it he but he he Jerry picks up on it right away. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, and then it. it, it, it great it works dark star into a cowboy <laughs> tune is awesome especially that dark star into i don't remember who wrote it and um if you're out there let me know it was in one of the my older dead base there was a great review of Vanita that i read a hundred times uh it was my you know, i don't remember what edition it was there's the one tape- cover in the paperback yeah know, yeah yeah and uh he talks about those this the show you know he notes that this is where they the most mentions of God from the stage, and they talk about this the suite there. It was as probably being John Dwork. Death, because he talks. That's the same. They talk about that in the essay in the Taping Compendium. Okay, I think it's John Dwork, and he, he talks about the apocalyptic Dark Star into the El Paso, which is just a song about murder and dying. Right, and then See Me Back Home, which is a prison hanging ballad. Yeah. Uh, talking about dying. And talking about There's dying. a lot of talking about dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's dark, but Grateful it's Dead, dark. as uh, Ken Kesey says, you know, they're one of the only ones who talks to you about this shit. Yeah. So for sure, um, for sure. <laughs> anyways, back on the tour. Yeah, back on the tour, <laughs> real quick. Oh, we... oh, also, sorry not to cut you off. Go but ahead. It's kind of funny that they played Stanley Theater at that point and then came back. Well, you mean, and that's I was going to say they actually they played the the. Uh, Roosevelt Stadium. Roosevelt Stadium, in that's what it City was. On 919. And then Stanley Theater. Right, right. They go to Philly at the Spectrum, the old Philly Spectrum. You, you, you've been there, yeah? Oh, yeah, the filthy Spectrum. Yeah, yeah. 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 So got to see, uh, saw the chain there. Um, I 
did not see that show. I saw you that day, though, didn't I? I no, you saw me the night before, and I got I got shut out, and I didn't stay up there like an oh, idiot. Okay, I was with a bunch of people. Sorry, left. everybody, everybody got shut out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Palace Theater at Waterbury the next night, nine twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, night off, whatever. And then nine twenty three, two two nights there, and then they go back to Jersey City, play the Stanley Theater. For three nights. Have you? Did you listen to that first night? By the way. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's certainly the 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 least of the three. That's not saying a lot. That's though. not saying a lot. But I mean, uh, even Atlanta, uh, uh, poor Atlanta, they must have been exhausted because <laughs> uh, they went from Atlanta to Boston or vice versa. Right. Um, it's very sleepy. It it sounds it, they play fine. It's just played fine which is still better than most bands yeah i mean the 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 peaks are really high but the valleys are not that low right just compared to really high peaks right um i i I think i feel like i say that on the uh the the fish the helping friendly podcast a lot Um, right but but it's true it just seems like everyone was like let's go to the hotel after this is done and go to sleep (laughs) <laughs> right, um, it's been a long week. Right, um, like, and you can hear, like, you can hear vocally. You know what I mean? Like, if they're just kind of not, not that they're not into it. They're it, 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 it was a a time for them to go to bed. I don't know. Maybe some shit went down on the night off after Waterbury. It could be, could be. <laughs> so uh, they play those three shows, then they go to uh, come down to Washington D.C. American University. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's it for September. The next show is, is Springfield, Mass, uh, the Springfield Civic Center Arena on 10-2. And um, we won't trouble everybody with the rest of the tour, but you should go listen to it sometime. Yeah, I, 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 I know that we are talking about September, but everything that came after September... Also good. It, really good. Yeah. The, the Texas run, anything in October, October through in November great we, we might have to have another um for sure i love that i'd like that that text run is outstanding amazing austin san antonio the hoffine shows i mean yeah man well um oh and also uh the 1123 show the doug same show doug som doug som yes that's how i always pronounce it. i i, I don't know A-H-M, Psalm, same, Psalm. They love him in Texas. They love him in Texas, and it was kind of cool that they were in Texas and Jerry could, like, play pedal steel on all his stuff. Like, that show. That show is so good. That's pretty rad. (laughs) I listen to it every Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Outstanding. Okay, so we've talked so much about the month in general and some, some very tight specifics, but let's just, let's play them some music. Cool. And then uh, we'll come back and talk about it. So we've got, uh, as usual, we've got two sets of music for you guys. So we're going to play one set, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about what you heard, and then we'll get into another set and do the same. Before I let you go, I want to remind everybody that you can find us on Facebook at the Broke Down Podcast. Just look for that on Facebook. That's where we post links to all the episodes and little things, news, and what have you in between. Also on Twitter where you'll see probably the most traffic, most activity day-to-day, because I happen to spend a lot of time on Twitter. That Twitter is at BrokeDownPod, and you can also 
find us on our blog, which is brokedownpodcast.blogspot.com. I'll buy one of those fancy domain names eventually. And then Squarespace. Uh, <laughs> hey, they don't pay They're you to sponsor. say that. <laughs> if you would like to sponsor the Brokedown Podcast, you can also email me at brokedownpodcast Squarespace at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm going to so fade your channel out when I go back and edit this. Um, all right, so uh, enough of that. You guys, um, check out. Uh, this will be set one, and uh, I hope you really like it. It's pretty rad. It's pretty good. Enjoy.
something blew up.
friends.
We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes, and we'll see you all then, so hang loose. All right, uh, welcome back. That was set one from our Fall 72 collection, and we open with The Morning Dew from uh, 916, Boston Music Hall, and Greatest Story Ever Told from 928. That was Stanley Theater, Jersey City. Then uh, China Rider that actually came from two different shows. The China Cat Sunflower came from Palace Theater, Waterbury in 923, and the I Know You Writer came from Hollywood Palladium on 9-9. Uh, we'll talk about why we did that in a minute. And then uh, Beautiful Black Peter from Hollywood Palladium on 9-10. And then we wrapped up the set with Playing in the Band from 9-16 at Boston Music Hall. Andy, now you picked a lot of this. You kind of <laughs> narrowed this down to the shows that we should be looking at and picked good chunks of this material and we talked a bit about the rest and kind of found the things that we wanted to play right and also from things that haven't been officially released right. i we think we need to steer away from things that have been released and, right and we didn't really talk about that but I'll, I'll touch on that later you know give everybody an idea of what they probably already have from this month but uh right um that morning dew um i think i picked that or i you know you pointed me to the show and then I was like, well, we got to put this do in here. Do's great. Do's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's another one of those songs that they uh, they didn't play a ton in the late of, se- of 72, but when they did, boy, was it a treat. This is kind of what I feel like we might have gotten at Vinita. Kind of. Uh, right. This one in, you know, um, the Dick's Picks 11, the 927, that show starts with the morning do. Right, um, which probably is some of the reason why you decided to well, have this, that start out. This do actually opened set two of nine sixteen, right. so I figured it was pretty. You know, I was comfortable making it an opener, right? And uh, another aspect that makes me love this era of the Grateful Dead so much is Jerry's vocals. Right, Jerry's vocals. Um, it's it's um it's kind of an apex it's not an apex but it's 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 a, a high watermark for him um it's uh he, a lot of emotion um not super ragged out not right. you know ravaged by smoking everything in his path <laughs> <laughs> all right now but uh, he's in he's in fine voice and and he's really feeling it and uh, it it shows. Yeah, and we can feel it too for sure. Um, so then next we had the greatest story ever told from the Stanley Theater nine twenty eight and we yes, didn't indeed. talk about this song before the set because I knew we were going to talk about it now for sure. You're you're a strong opinion about this song in this era and we've had many a discussion about them over the years. Um, this freaking rips. Rips. This is your pick. It was and, my pick. And tell us why. Uh, it's my pick because of the very obvious and uh, uh, 
extended St. Stephen tease. Right. Um, that listening back, listening back to this now, it almost seems like Jerry just like comes across the the melody uh, by accident, and in some like, oh shit, these it lands on it. Yeah, these chords are St. Stephen chords. I just almost played the melody. I'm gonna play this again. And then I'm going to play it again. And then I'm going to play it again. <laughs> and then by the time he... <laughs> at that point, everyone's like, Oh, are we going to play St. Stephen? They don't. No. Um, but it was... Uh, it was a nice reminder, I think. Uh, maybe even for the people in the crowd that... Uh, St. Stephen is alive and well. We're not going to see him tonight. But... Um, Here's a little taste for you. Uh, it, it like nine the 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 four twenty nine seventy one where they throw out a Saint Stephen tease and right. the jam, where they at that time were still playing the song. At this point, they hadn't played the song in a year ish, something like that. It's been a while. Um, but also really, really notable in the greatest stories greatest stories ever told the greatest story ever told the the versions of greatest story ever told from this time period and is the heavy heavy wah pedal action. for sure you know jerry's playing that fender he's yeah the the alligator that uh rick graham nash gave him right and uh and he's playing it through this uh this playing the wah pedal like gratuitously right and it just it's so rad on the greatest so great you know i wonder if he's playing that or if he's playing the tobacco burst that he plays in Vanita. Oh. Because uh, I, I know that he, you know, constantly was modding his guitars. Right. They, he had to switch them in and out a little bit right. to accommodate that. Right. Um, so I, I wonder if Alligator was being... I, again, I, this is something for someone that has done a little bit more research than myself. <laughs> but uh, uh, either way, yes, he's playing He's playing a Strat. Um Watt pedal was new for him, right? You know, he had, I, he didn't start playing a watt pedal until like what late seventy one, early seventy two, something like that. That sounds about right. Sounds about right, right? Um, until we're real historians here, guys. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, some people use notes, right? <laughs> some people, some people do research, <laughs> uh, but Other he's he's definitely um he's definitely playing the wah more in the in this this year. Um, Greatest story certainly benefits from that, and it sounds pretty awesome. It sounds pretty rad. Um, yes, um, and and the Saint Stephen like that that I remember listening to this for the first time and getting a little excited. You're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. Are That's they are they those. gonna are they gonna are they gonna? No, they're not. <laughs> You grab the tape case, rip the J card open, and start making notes. See like, Stephen T's an asterisk beside it, right? right. Uh. Which uh, also, um, this was uh, one of the early pairings of Bertha in the Greatest Story. Ah, which became quite which, a thing for sure, particularly later in the decade for sure. So the next we get to China Rider, and I, I'm going to tell a little story about China Riders before we talk about the specific of what we hear and it's that you said well we should play a China Rider and you gave me a couple examples and I listened to them and they were awesome however every single one of them 
had a nasty cut here or there, either in the jam or right at the beginning of Jerry's uh, Wish I Was a Headlight verse. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Um, but all the That's China's the one verse good. that you don't want. I mean, like, if, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they. Sun's going to shine on my back door. It's, uh, uh, not, not saying anything. It's any verse, but like. I got to have the headlight first. I got to have that headlight first. You can't take that away from me. I need that headlight first. (laughs) So anyways, I did some hunting and pecking, and I I cobbled together, and I hope the segue stands up when people listen to it. There's a little bit of, obviously, a difference because of the sources are are a little different, but... um, Did you ever hear that, um, I don't know how much truth this is, it might be an urban legend that... like urban legends. ...that uh, there were intentional cuts... On master tapes to prevent bootlegging. You know, I've heard that before, and going through these China writers, it, it kind of made me think about it again. Right. Actually, right? <laughs> like, did they the do this on weeks. purpose? Because <laughs> it, it was crazy. How hard is it to get? Like, who flips the tape? I mean, I know reels run out, and things right? Happen, but, but they all like, run out during China, China writer. writer? <laughs> that's just uncanny. Yeah, that's insane. So, anyways, we managed to cobble together what's pretty much a full China Rider. Um, I got the meat of the jam from 923, and then a little bonus because where I brought it into I Know You Rider, there's still a little bit of jamming before they actually start singing. Right. And um, both, I think, pretty good versions. All of the China Riders in this era, this time period, are got great jams. Totally. Everything is pretty awesome we could just point. end the podcast right. talking and right. say it's all very good it's all very good uh the <laughs> the, the um the thing going back to greatest story for a moment uh in that tapers compendium which i will reference a few times guys um it's not a bad set of books it's not a bad set of books but i remember the first thing that um when they talked about that opening, I believe Birth of Greatest Story opened the second set. Um, they were like, there is no better time for Greatest Stories than September 72. I would argue that 827-72 should fit into that. It, it Yes, for sure. Uh, that, well, that that's the catalyst for all of September 72 Greatest Stories. Look, there's an exception to every rule, except that rule. Right. There is an exception to every rule. Right, right, right. right. Um, it's yeah. it's lumped in with the rest of them. I, I of I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say, yeah. <laughs> well, it should be. It should be. Um, so then next we had the Black Peter, beautiful Black so Peter, good. and that was from the uh, back to the Hollywood Palladium on nine ten. Yeah, which is a cool show. Um, it it that one. Um, what a dark song. But uh, again, Jerry's vocals are amazing, amazing. Um, and their dynamics rolling through the verses are amazing. The solo is not super elaborate, but it, it fits wonderfully. It's super melodic, and then the uh, "See Here How Every Day" leads up to this. You know that they slam into that with uh, quite a bit of intensity. So good. It's it's great. So you chills. You pointed me to this show when we when we first started the process of assembling the the music here. You were like, "Well, here, look at this show." And I think I think it was the Dark Star, whatever you highlighted, Dark Star, Jack Straw, and all of those things you mm-hmm. specifically highlighted. But I, of course, I listened to the whole show. I did most of the month, and um, and I 
And I gotta say, I had that's why I was like, you know, we have to put this Black Peter on here, right? For sure. <laughs> There's so, no doubt. There you go. You got it. Um, <laughs> it's a good one, folks. It was a good one. And then we come on to playing in the band. Now I talked a little bit at the top of this thing about how, and you did too, about how all these playing in the bands are, you know, lengthy, meaty, jammy. Um, this is a little brother to, or I don't know, maybe big brother, chrono, you know, in duration to the Vanita one, which mm-hmm. is just perfect in many respects. This one is, you know, it's it's very much in the same family, explores a lot of the same ground, stretches and pushes and pulls. It gets weird. Um, Donna is in the mix now. Right, Jerry's playing. Um... He starts doing a lot of chromatic runs, right? Which he, I don't, I don't know how music geeky want to get, but hey, go for it. But like you know, chromatic runs, you're 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 doing the same run, but you're going down a step each time. Uh, doing like he's he's doing basically the same the same kind of lick, but going down the run or going up the run a step at a time, and that's building tension. And he's doing those. That's what the ones he's doing like super fast, super like, fast. Those super things fast. like double the wrinkles in my brain they called the tiger they called it that that was called that's the the tiger riff or whatever i mean i swear that's the kind of thing that will like either it'll blow your mind or turn you completely away from this music i can definitely see you know casual fans or non-fans going i'm done here it's too dissonant whereas the rest of us who are getting it it like it fires all of my synapses at once I close my eyes I can see the fireworks uh, reflecting off my eyelids you know it's just amazing to me yeah yeah I would love to see somebody ought to do an experiment and put a put my head in a a cat scan while I listen (laughs) to this stuff and map my brain either before during and after and I think you would see some amazing stuff like hey there's no activity whoa there's some activity nope there's no activity is that covered like by that. Anthem or Aetna? Um, I don't know. I don't know. A cat Geico, scan maybe? Is... <laughs> <laughs> cat, it's a copay, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I probably have to drop a couple bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, somebody What's should do an experiment. <laughs> Some, somebody out there, one of you guys is a scientist. Give me a call. You got my... Hit me on Twitter. I will show up. That'd be great. Yeah, if, if you have if you have a CAT scanner in, in your garage, even. Yeah, in your basement. Yeah, basement. You know, storage yeah. unit. Yeah. I'll show. It's cool. Let's do it. As long as you got a good system to play this music into my brain, into my ear holes, while we do the test. I like okay. it. I like it. <laughs> um, anyways, I, we hardly have to tell you how good it is, but the, the real, because you just heard it, but the real point is that they're all kind of like this, uh, but a little different. Different yeah. lengths, different jams, and there's... You can hear certain themes uh, if, if listening to two or three of these at once. You can definitely oh, yeah. hear them doing things that they might have done the night before and seeing if it works better or or worse this time. I mean, that's, that's just the nature of a live band playing improvisational music. Um, oh, yeah. They're not all going to be wildly different, but they're all very good. They're all very good. Yes. He said it. <laughs> I second it. You guys should know it. <laughs> All right. Um, on that note, mm-hmm. 
we're gonna go ahead and play set two. Do it. So I hope everybody is relaxed and comfortable. If you're driving, go ahead and get in the right lane <laughs> and uh, set the cruise control and uh, tell the kids to quiet down in the back. Put the cruise control under the low gear of your soul. <laughs> just lay back and enjoy. No, um, or or just make sure you don't speed too much because things are going to happen in this set. Let's play it. Enjoy. Yeah.
Girls let me on and busted my keys out on Main Street. Chicago, New York, Detroit, and it's on the same street. Your typical city involved in a typical daydream. Hang it up and see what tomorrow brings. Dallas, got a soft machine. Houston, loves a new Orleans. New York, not the way.
pasa que no? ¿Qué pasa que no? ¿Qué pasa que no?
said to him, I'm sure she's here. Thank you.
Gone into trucking from 91072 at the Hollywood Palladium. And we heard The Dark Star from 91672, Boston Music Hall. And that was cut into the El Paso from 910. And then from there, we went into Other One, into Warfrat, into Sugar Mag. And those three came from 92872 at the Stanley Theater. That was some stuff, Andy. Some stuff, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely some stuff. I will say going out of order, just my initial... Uh, the other one, Warfrat Sugar Mag sequence is great. Yeah. Uh, it's it. That's one of my favorite Warfrats. Again, the vocal deliveries on point. On point. And it's worth noting that that other one is actually much bigger there's a yes. like 28 minute actual other one right that goes into me and bobby mcgee and right. then comes back to what we heard which is a three minute jam on the other one which is a pretty solid uh right jam and then into the wharf rat worth listening to the whole thing absolutely uh, again all of these shows we're touching on are worth listening to in full yes so the he's gone trucking that i think you know, I kind of s- insisted that we go there. I think we needed a little something before we dove in with the Dark Star. Right. And I want to send a an insincere apology to everybody out there who's thinking, oh, we just heard Dark Star last episode. I'm sorry. 
You can't ever have enough Dark Stars, in I, my opinion. I don't think so. Especially if you're going to be highlighting one from this era, late 72. Right. I was going to save this for uh, <laughs> after we talk about He's Gone Trucking, but let's go right. there. Let's so, do it. It was just, just the, earlier this week, it was brought to my attention by um, on Twitter by uh, Deadhead Record Guy and WFMU DJ Jeff Conklin. He tweeted about this thing called Dark Star 72, which is an 11-hour, 42-minute compilation of all the Dark Stars from 1972. I think one is missing because the quality is not good. Right. Seamlessly blended. So good. I mean, he basically he picked one verse one, and he found the only second verse, the only time they did the second verse in the year. Right. Uh, that happens at some point in there. Portland, I believe. Yeah, and then strung it all together. And Great um, editing on that, by the way. Like, he edits out the the verses during those other Dark Stars seamlessly, right and, on the beat, comes right back he in. he flows them one to another. So good. Um, I have <laughs> spent the past two days listening to this, you know, here and there when time allowed, and most of it today... I actually, I've, I've got an hour left. And You've been binging. I've, I've binging hard. <laughs> you binged hard. I listened to it all day <laughs> while I was working at the home office today, and just headphones in, plunking on the computer, doing my job or other things, and you know, wandering around the house with it just playing. I, I, it's my so third, good. <laughs> my third eye has opened. Um, I, I've aged 10 years in the past two days, but with that wisdom, I think. It's it's really <laughs> it's really all I really want. I know that we all, uh, as dead fans, have what is what we consider to be Grateful Dead music, quintessential Grateful Dead music, which is its own genre in, in my eyes. No one, no one ever plays, has played anything like how these arguably five guys play it. Right. <clears throat> um, so a 12-hour Dark Star is really all I want. It works but for me. It works for me, too. It, 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 it is not, it's, it's, it's not the same repetitive stuff over a, a two-chord change. They, this, this, move, this music moves. Uh, you know, I started hearing all manner of things, you know, and a lot of these dark stars are familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so of course I would hear, you know, when I listened to, when it came through to Vanita, I was like, Oh, I know, I know this by heart, but other stuff, you know, I'm hearing references. I'm hearing jazz. I'm hearing, um, bebop. I'm hearing crazy music, noise, concrete music, concrete. I'm hearing, you know, my grandmother's voice. Okay. That was the third eye opening <laughs> part. That was, things you know, I just, I mean, it was, they're, they're doing so much, but what it really comes down to is you have Jerry Garcia, Bob Weir, Phil Lesh, Bill Kreutzman, and Keith Gottschow having conversations and pushing and pulling and milking one another. Right. Um, and That's, just, that did not sound great, but I know what you're saying. No, they are. They're like they're <laughs> pulling this out of they each are, other for sure. and themselves, and and just creating this this thing. This is not, you know, we touched on it at the top of the show. This is not like 
60s dark stars. It's not. This is it's like... living and breathing thing. God, it ebb and flows. A it, monster writhing on the floor. Yeah. You know? And it's also like a 12-hour... I mean, it's a 12-hour uh, variations on a theme. Yeah. Which I... <laughs> do you ever see... Uh, I don't know if it was a, a video or a written do- uh, interview with him, with Jerry, and he was saying how, like, didn't understand how people liked Dark Star. It's just two-chord, five-note melody right well, but cute. but but in that simplicity allows you to go everywhere if you don't see any if you don't see those minimalistic uh aspects as uh a barrier it can go wherever the fuck you want it to go right and clearly at this time they did not they um, did not there was yet at all and and you know it's <clears throat> it's worth noting that after this dark star fades it's not as common in 73 yeah. and 74 and of course thereafter they would uh, play it but yes it right. was not yeah well then we get in we start to get into the thing that Jerry would say in later interviews you know well dark star is in a little bit of everything we do you know and my friend Craig would say it's um he, he refers to birdsong calls it birdstar and it's in there and it's in those uh, long trucking jams or the weather report jams that you other get. Other ones. And, or... and then in other ones or, you know, whatever Space. the hell. Or, you know, Later that, on, that in five the minutes after victim of the crime before the drummers take over or, you know, all these places. It's space. Yeah. It, it, it like, when they weren't playing Dark Star in the 80s. Uh, space, space covered that Space territory. was Dark Star, yeah. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that um, they take it in such places that they're certainly not in the same key that they started in. You know, they call um, that modulating. They mod, yes, they modulate the shit out of it. So uh, again, that's musicology talk. Yes, musicology talk. So I mean, uh, you know, Dark Star is an A, and uh, Cumberland's in G, and you know, uh, Jack Straw's in E. But they have made their way into these other songs by by modulating just like over 30 minutes right and so we're obviously not going to get back to talking about he's gone trucking so but they're good <laughs> they're very good they're very good trucking ends and that's one of the reasons why i picked that truck right because it actually ends it ends which right. i don't i they probably never did again right but um <laughs> it's like that there's that other one that the uh the other one at the closing of uh fillmore west right. in 71 it ends weird it's almost weird to hear it just finish it's it i i, I kind of like it, it, it uh, there's there's a there's like a, a a finality to it that's like okay it's done right yeah. um and then the um so then we played you that 27 minutes of dark star which by the way had ned lagan on it playing his uh, electric piano with the wah pedal and that dark star uh, if you listen to the show goes into a terrific broke down palace but i did play that on the last episode right different version but. great el paso though i will come back and say that el paso fucking rocks it's a good el bobby paso. bobby's like going woo during <laughs> they like feeling the shit out of out of el paso he is it was the seg was okay right so yeah seg was I great was, you know i found a really deep spot of the dark story right. but they were they were headed to broke down palace there so i don't right you know i, I kind of winged it but um well done yeah, thank you <laughs> and uh, fun El Paso, good El Paso, and then um, very much, and then that that other one again. It's cheat on the other one. You only get three minutes. It's a good three and a half minutes, but 
you guys got to go back and listen to the rest of that yeah. 928 show because yep. that big other one is righteous. Solid. So good. And I just, just couldn't... Well, I almost almost <laughs> gave everybody the, the 30 minutes of Dark Star and 30 minutes of the other right. one. But, um, you know, I don't know you guys that well yet. Right. <laughs> if you want it, you should ask for it. Yeah, let me know let if I should have done that. And don't worry, I will do it. If, if <laughs> He'll people... do 12 hours of Dark Star, guys. Yeah, that's coming up uh, in episode 12. Right. <laughs> um, Rule of 12s. <laughs> I'm just glad that the uh, Warfrat went into Sugar Mag so we get into everybody with a good just rock and roll song. Yeah. Because that set got pretty deep. Yeah. Very deep. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And that is exactly what 72 particularly this September 72 really does. You know, you get some rocking, you get good ballads and you get fucking out there, man. Out and, there. And then they bring it back and land it. Yeah. And that Dark Star, is that a is that a Matrix by the way? I don't recall off the top of my head now that we're talking about it what source I used. Because you can hear the dudes, the you can hear the audience members. One guy's like, "Yeah, it's Dark Star." Oh, at the very beginning. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The other guy's like, "Yeah, it's great." And then it's like you can hear a pin drop. No one says, <laughs> "No one." Another word. A goddamn word. No one's hooping and hollering. They're probably doing what they did at the Hollywood Palladium, laying on the ground right. in the beer-soaked floor. I, I had fun uh, listening to the Palladium tapes. There's an audience of that show that 910 show and uh there's this i think you pointed it out to me there's this part where um somebody you know the, the taper somebody comes up to the taper and he's like hey man great spot oh you're taping <laughs> <laughs> like uh-huh <laughs> an audience banner can be so great sometimes it's pretty funny yeah but, um, i think on one of these uh there's a a relatively um uh high conversation <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened at a Grateful Dead show right, before, right, so right. go find that. Right. That'd be the one in a million. Um, <laughs> yeah, but just note, if you are at a concert and there is a taper, it's better to stand behind or 20 feet to the left or the right of that taper than directly in front to have this important conversation about where you parked your car. Right. Just saying. You'll thank yourself later when you go to get those tapes. I just got this pretzel. It's great. Tell get the honey what? mustard. Got the honey mustard for sure. You know I got the honey. You <laughs> want a bite? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not really that hungry right now. There's not enough salt take. on that pretzel for me. I'm gonna pass. Thanks. You should take a bite. Yeah, I, I just ran out of beer. <laughs> it's no good. I've seen you in the parking lot. You should take a bite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, before we let you I, I, before we let you guys go, I want to um, thank Andy for joining us on the podcast picking this great music and knowing so much about it and sharing that uh, with us uh thank you for having me in your house oh thank you for having me man it's real excitement and it's been great to talk about this it's we we can and have and probably will keep we've talked about this for hours before we <laughs> sat down in front of the mics and we'll probably keep talking about it as yes, we, we will turn them off but um i hope you guys have enjoyed it you can, of course, find the Broke Down podcast on the Facebook, post all the show, the episodes on there, and we link to all kinds of stuff as we go through the month. Twitter account does that, and even more. I also uh, periodically, like every couple times a week, I'll do a, a live tweet of myself listening to whatever, some show that happened on that day in history. Are you going to give them the 12-hour Dark Star? 
I will put that link on the uh, in the show notes, which is on the blog, which is uh, broke down podcast.blogspot.com. Do it, guys. Yeah. Check that out. Put it on your phone. Pump it into the stereo. Send the kids to grandma's. <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, if you got any feedback you want to send me, you can hit me on those other things, or you can email me at brokedownpod at gmail.com. I think I know my own email address. Sounds great. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then um, and if, if that's not right, I hope that's where you're sending uh, bad bad comments and criticisms. <laughs> no, I do want to hear. If there's something I can do better, let me know. Um, if you do like the show, though, also it's really helpful if you go into your... Uh, podcast your apple podcast thing and give me a review and all that that would be really cool it'd help other people find out about it and um tell your friends and another reason to look for us on twitter is i've got stickers now and we're gonna find some way to give them out to you oh that's enough for now you guys have a great september and uh we'll be back in next month be well